Hello, everyone. This is Greg, your host of Goddamn GameCube, and this is season four. Follow Goddamn GameCube on social for updates on the show and subscribe to us on YouTube for bonus video content. Thank you and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Goddamn GameCube. Greg and Riley are your hosts today, and I welcome our audience to a Goddamn GameCube double feature. We are going to be talking about two indie games today, Stray and Donut County. Riley, we're going to start with Stray, take it away, and let's do this. Yes, so these are two kind of indie games uh, featuring cute little animals, uh, both published by Annapurna Interactive. Really weird how they're involved in Silent Hill now. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with it. Um, Stray, uh, it, it generated a lot of buzz this year. It was at the Game Awards as a contender. Um, it is an adventure game, third person, um, 3D, uh, about a stray cat developed by Blue 12 Studio, uh, published uh, by Annapurna, as I mentioned, in 2022. Um, this game uh, began its lifespan, I believe, in 2015 by two uh, former Ubisoft employees. Um, they decided to work on an independent game together after their tenure at that company. Um, Annapurna reached out to publish in 2016 after they released some initial footage on Twitter. Um, focused at this point was placed on keeping the team small to ensure uh, direct communication with all staff members. Um, and as such, the scale of this game was pared down significantly from its original plan. So uh, to start off, Greg, how do you feel about the scale and playtime of this game? Interesting. I Interesting that you're going to start with that. I actually had a thought about this for the end. Okay. When I When I finished this game, the first thing I said to myself was, should this have been a quote-unquote fleshed-out full game, or was it perfect the way it was? I really don't know. Um, I think we're going to break it all down and maybe piece together if we, if uh, why we think that, either mm -hmm. way. Um, but that was... I actually had that question at the end that I was going to ask you. So why don't we break it all down? Yeah, so for me, I think even though there's not a lot to this game, I think it was like the perfect size and length for such a concept. Yep. I think certain aspects could have been maybe fleshed out a little bit more, but overall, I do think it was a success. Um, you know, so uh, getting into like what it's all about, the star of this game is a stray cat. Um, how well did you feel that they captured cat behavior? <laughs> well, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know I have never had a pet, and uh, I don't know a lot about cats and animals. However, In terms of like the behavior, what you've sure. seen. I think this game did the best it could in terms of this game needs to play. Right. Okay. And yeah, sure. It's really weird thinking a cat would have button prompts and you know, and your cat is platforming. Yeah. That's really odd. But I think they did the best they could to make it a game and to make you feel enough like you are a creature, right? Yeah. Yeah. So from, I mean, the the interviews that I've read that I'm sure everybody else has read, um, the team was actively conscious of not making a direct cat simulator. Um, they wanted to balance sort of a more realistic uh, interpretation and animation with um, satisfying gameplay elements. Right? <laughs> That's a good word for it. it. This is not a cat simulator. No, it's a little bit more than that and a little bit more more fun than that, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the hooks in you right away here. I would even argue that this is a sci-fi horror game, which we will in, get in into. Places, in places, absolutely, which is. you wouldn't expect. Um, so uh, in development, I believe this were, they were based on, uh, uh, based on real cats. Uh, their cats, uh, uh, Murtaugh and Riggs, who are named after the detectives from Lethal Weapon. Uh, they were the primary inspiration, and other studio cats uh, provided some animation references. And um, I believe the team felt encouraged at one point when the real cats started trying to interact with the digital cat. Which wow. Is, that's high praise. High praise. From the animal kingdom. Um, so in the in the beginning, I believe they're going to incorporate more platforming challenges. Um they were excluded uh, early in development after watching players routinely fail jumps. Um, a lot of what you do in this game is sort of doing that magnetically jumping from point to point, which I personally am fine with because you can actually turn off the prompts of where you can jump to. So I experimented with that. I wanted to, I wound up turning it back on because I wanted to see where all the little puzzles and stuff were. But I, I mean, it's cool that that's... I think what you're getting at is the platforming for all, I believe either for the most part or for the entirety is not failable. 
Right. You press the button prompt and cat will jump. Yeah. And it'll jump perfectly onto whatever surface that yep. it, it can. Right. Um, you can also take cat naps. Uh, you can also meow and you can also claw up uh, carpets and couches. I think what's really funny, I aren't like the four buttons in this game, like run, jump, cat scratch or meow. Pretty much. Aren't those the only buttons? Pretty much. Besides some of the stuff we'll get into later. And it's, I was talking to uh, our friend AJ about this, who is a, a cat aficionado. And he was talking about how they, at first it kind of just seems like cute cat activity, but then they wind up serving a purpose later on. Yes. Like, um, for instance, the meow you can either use to distract enemies or mess with NPCs or um, the clawing. You can claw on the curtains and it opens up window like shortcuts. And yeah, stuff. you use it to like knock on doors, too. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was awesome. Um, it also kind of gets you a little bit into a cat's head, I think, where when you are walking up on these high kind of platforms, there's the option to knock stuff over. And it's like, why wouldn't you? Right. Sometimes that's what you have to do, but it's like, there are cats are always knocking shit over. It's all a fucking game to them. Right. Well, you know? I, I think the, har <laughs> the hardest, I think, um, th uh, needle to thread here was you are a human playing the game in the mind of a cat, which right. you can never do. No, but I think they did enough to make it successful. Yeah. And because, so in the very beginning, I was kind of like, so what is going to be different about playing as a cat? Like in, in a lot of places, you know, you're not going to look twice at a cat. Like if it's trying to get into somewhere, it shouldn't necessarily yeah. or you sneak around or whatever. So I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, alternative perspective, I guess we'll say. Um, there are a lot of uh, great little cat Easter eggs as well. Like you can um, run on a keyboard and make all the. Like there's, Keyboard there's, cat. there's a character asking you for help and you can just type in a bunch of like letters. It's like, please help. <laughs> and you could also um, run on a piano and um, play a little tune there. And uh, you can also, I don't know if you experienced this, um, getting your head stuck in the paper bag. Yes, I did it, that. And then your controls are messed up. Your controls are backwards. It's, uh, it's brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. Because the cat can't see. It's beautiful. Um, okay, so here's here's an interesting prompt for the animal hater. Uh, how do you feel about cats in general? And did that affect or inform your feelings about the cat in this game? Wow, great question. Um, I feel like I'm under attack here. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I've never owned a pet. Mm -hmm. I... I don't have like a fear of cats necessarily, but I'm just, I would prefer I'm not going to touch it and it's not going to touch me. Sure. Is what I would prefer. How did it, you know, mess with my perspective on the game? I, it's not a game I'm going to play day one. Right. I, I'm not interested in playing it because you know what it is? It, it's one of these games where it is so unique as a concept. I'm going to come at it as I have never seen this before. Right. Not right. like, oh my God, it's a cat game. That's so cute. I feel I like that was for a lot of people, the main appeal. Exactly. For a lot of people was, oh my God, I have a cat. Cats are cute. Right. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Like I, I just think it's interesting that I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So for me, um, you might find this interesting. I was raised to hate cats. What does that mean? Uh, the, the cats are, are awful and you should only like dogs, right? <laughs> this looks like... <laughs> I mean, you've met my mom. Oh my God. So, um, I think I, so basically I had a very warped perspective for a long time. And then I learned to appreciate cats the more I was around them later in life. Um, so for me again, not a day one, uh, check it out, but I, I have nothing against cats. And I think in terms of how it got me into it, I think the most affecting mechanism is how it starts. And let me get into this really quickly. So you're a cat hanging out with your other cat buddies in like an overgrown ruin. And all of a sudden, like you're just walking around these very kind of um, uh, tenuous situations of tenuous footing, right? And uh, all of a sudden you miss a jump and fall down mm -hmm. into this chasm and when he started to fall i literally out loud said oh no yeah, yeah oh no <laughs> i did that i did that nick thing <laughs> yep and um it winds up um in like this gutter with with like a limp and you would have to be like a sociopath to not feel something i yeah. felt like i felt like compassion right there i was like oh well, also like you, you're helpless right because all the cats are looking at you like well we can't well, help we're you. not gonna go down there yeah <laughs> Um, and it's, it's on top of all that. It's also like the greatest failure that a cat can endure is missing. Cause you're supposed to, if you're a cat, you got to land on your feet. You always land on your feet, but you, you fall into this like chasm of a sewer and you hurt yourself. Right. Right. And so you grab, I think it heals itself a couple times by like licking its wounds. Right. Yep. 
And so um, you wind up in this very uh, kind of dingy, sewery region, and um, you start seeing these uh, instructions on street signs um, to an apartment complex. You start seeing these little uh, visual like cues. Go, go this way, you know, follow this, whatever. Um, and this is this is where I start asking a question. I'm like, is this if Halo Three ODST was really good? Oh. <laughs> Because yep. that game's not bad, but I was like, I'm so much more engrossed because it pays off yep. because it's the character um, B12, who is uh, a, a sort of artificial intelligence that you meet and uh, it needs your help in loading itself into this little drone body, which uh, accompanies you throughout the game. Um, B12 uh, reveals that you are trapped uh, in an underground walled city. Uh, solely populated by these robots that were formerly companions of humans. Um, and you kind of make a little pact between yourselves uh, to escape together. So um, before I ask you this next question, I just want to say, um, I'm trying to be a little more careful about this. I do recommend this game. We are going to spoil what happens. Um, so if you're a little interested by our, our description, check it out. So we're going to move forward here. What did you think of the setting of this game? So I, I, you and I were talking about this off mic. I have played some games that you haven't. So I have seen uh, this setting a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to bring that up now. So this setup to me actually reminded me of Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Okay. Um, where need Nick here for this. Oh my need God. Nick here for this. So what this reminded me of is you are in this deep underground. You are trying to reach the surface um, and, but you don't know, you, you don't really know what the surface looks like or why, why can these robots or AIs not get out? Why do they need your help? Right. And in Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, you are trapped underground and you are trying to reach the outside. Oh, okay. So that is very similar. Also, um, there, I don't know this for a fact, but there may be some influence from other games like Near Automata and uh, those Mike Bithell short subsurface circular. I think at least I did in my research, I did see some near comparisons. Yeah, so where like maybe. these sort of these these friendly AI or or machine robots that are almost living in like a society or a community. Yes. So that's in there too. So if if stray pick those influences they're very unique things to take from yeah did did that just because i didn't play those games did that distract you at all or was it um it didn't distract well i think what it is it, you perhaps would be more uh charmed by it where i have seen it before mm -hmm. as we talk more through the story mm -hmm. i have seen the cute ai thing before yeah so yeah, yeah. perhaps sure. maybe you haven't um so yeah what i was i was reading about was that this was uh inspired by the walled city of kowloon in china not the comedy club on route one um, <laughs> it was uh previously depicted in uh america's favorite game shenmue 2 yeah classic title and um if you're familiar with the batman movies it served as inspiration for gotham city in batman begins it seems in general to be very loud hot and claustrophobic as like a a setting so um i was actually interested in um, this piece I read from a Kotaku writer um, that this depiction received some criticism for techno orientalism, as they called it. Um, so let me let, let me explain before before we ask questions. So I go back and forth on this because I have a limited perspective. I am I am in no way Asian. Um, the neon signs of of the real life city of Kowloon were necessary because it had low sunlight because all the buildings were clouding up the skyline they were they were necessary to have like neon lighting and stuff and in some like sort of cyberpunk settings and stuff like that like this um that kind of signage becomes somewhat accessorized like oh it's such a vibe you know right, what i mean right so right. i can at least see it from that perspective um the city the city in this game is definitely like it seems like a miserable place to live but mechanically it's it like the game is supposed to be fun you know like a cat 
it is having like a, it's depicted as a playground for a yeah. cat, right? So I insert, so I, I go back and forth on this. I don't think so. A couple of the characters wear like rice paddy hats, and I didn't think that was maybe necessary. Um, and the made up language is somewhat reminiscent of of like the Chinese Hanzi characters. It's a totally different thing, but I think that's what they were getting at. So I enjoyed the game overall myself, but I could see someone maybe being alienated. But did you pick up on this? No, I, I think this might be some ignorance for me. I had I didn't know any of this until you just said it. Right. So like I had no idea uh, about maybe the history of Kowloon or the history of um those the lighting and signage. Yeah. I did that didn't even come across to me. I just thought that's how the game looks. I yeah, well I mean so it's been portrayed before in like Blade Runner or other kind of like Cyberpunk 2077 kind of does that too. But. Well, do you know what this game looked like to me? It could be my ignorance. This game looked like a combination of Breath of Fire, Dragon Quarter, and also Mega Man Legends when you investigate the underground cities. Oh, okay. That's what it looked like to me. Well, I'm assuming that, I mean, so the, the, the Kowloon Walled City stood for, I believe, 100 years, um, like the late 1800s to, to 1980s or something like that. Okay. And it was demolished. And I am assuming like it had a strong sort of, it was like a terrible place full of gangs. And I'm assuming it had some sort of big cultural legacy or impact. It was a terrible place to live. And I'm assuming that that's where a lot of maybe naively um, the, these kind of influences come from. But um, inter- it was only one article. It was just a perspective. Do you I think thought it was would be sharing. accidental? It could be. I mean, the developers are uh, were very careful. Not there's only two kind of leads, and they haven't really revealed them that much about themselves. So I don't really know. Like maybe that maybe they are you know influenced by maybe their family was from that area. Whatever. I have no but idea. Interesting thing to bring up. At any rate, it didn't affect my personal perception of the game. But Me I either. thought it was worth uh, bringing up. Um, so uh, in, in terms of like the structure of the city, uh, I think the vertical nature um, definitely serves as kind of you as you get you play along, you start to see this sort of class metaphor emerging. So similarly, we, we, uh, we've talked about a couple of these types of games uh, this season. Uh, Vampire is mm-hmm. another one where you kind of clearly see um, that the though it uh, as you learn the humans are long gone their companion robots sort of retain this stratified class or caste structure and they generally sort of mimic their uh, predecessors behavior um, as co- sort of a means of paying tribute to them and I thought that was like a very sweet kind of you know even though humans are gone you know like they whatever is left will will honor us I guess that was kind of it's very um it's very similar to uh, the machine city in Nero Automata. Oh, okay. So if any of our audience has played that, that what I didn't expect from Stray, I knew nothing about the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect this to be a game where you are a cat, you meet a ro- almost like a machine AI, the machine AI speaks for you and you end up meeting other AI, other robots, other machines that speak to you and they live in a community. Yeah. The sort of how I saw this game was you are starting at the bottom in a sewer you are starting, then you go to the slums where these machines live and you're making your way through society or through class levels to reach the surface and right. the richer folk live near the surface. Yeah. And that I didn't expect any of this. No. I think what, what I said to you, I be, I finished this right before you did. And what I said to you was, I did not expect how strange and um, how strange and out there this game would be. And it definitely is. So it has a lot going on. Um, Yeah. You mentioned the slums. This is sort of the first like nonlinear area in the game. Um, What did you think about this area and the approach that it took to um, be it, you know, puzzles, side questing, uh, NPCs, any highlights in particular? Yeah. So I would say this, I found it was unexpected. I did not think you would encounter side quests or um, items that you had to show people or, um, Almost like a combination of puzzle solving and Resident Evil find the right item. Right. Well, here's the thing about Stray. The gameplay is limited. There's just enough questing here to make you know that, okay, there's something else going on here. But the questing is not necessarily engaging, right? Right. Because what do you do? You're finding items on the ground. You're talking to people and it's a lot of fetch questing. Well, so let me me kind of share my my opinion of this. Um, I think none of the 
puzzles were especially challenging, but I really enjoyed the philosophy behind them. Yeah. Where, um, for example, you need to get into the laundromat at one point to get an item in there. And you hear a rumor that the owner of the laundromat is pissed about the workers on the roof dropping paint cans. So what winds up happening is you go up there and you can meow at them while, while they're doing this and the, they will drop another one and the laundry owner comes out and he's really pissed and he has to clean it up. And that's how you get into the, it's yep. reminding me of like, like the um the more successful uh zelda kind of quests where you have these npcs who have a dynamic and you exploit it to to uh for your own benefit in a way and i I don't know if that sounds sociopathic but in terms in a video game it's it's i like the way that it handled that you know i think um i as well like the npcs are a lot more digestible than some of the other ones we've covered this season if they're speaking in gibberish rather than voiced lines because it's all it's it's another one of those where um it's it's all literally all you know like it's it's complete there is no annoying affectation to uh color any of these characters it's all in their their actions it's all written you know it's all it's all there um so I think the definitely the fan favorite encounter at this point is helping out the musician who's in you you find uh the sheet music for him mm-hmm. and um he plays uh he plays these tunes on his guitar and um his voice is like the bleep bloop where he'll bleep the vocals out. Yep. I thought that was very very charming. Um I thought the the music in general in this game was very unique. Um a lot of it harkened back to um, kind of those lo-fi, like Silent Hill PSX textures, you know, very kind of uh, unsettling at points, sure. like on purpose. Su- pseudo-industrial, pseudo-atmospheric soundscapes. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and um, another uh, uh, thing at this point, uh, one of my other favorite little encounters where you go to a, a barber shop where a um, the barber robot is working on another one's circuits yeah. and his head is on the counter. I was like, oh, it's cool. That's yep. it's, it's what we would do it. Um, and so uh, this, this whole area, the robots, uh, they initially fear you because they believe that you are this creature called a Zerk. Um, which are one of the primary threats of this game. What did you think about the Zerks? They look like the head crabs from Half-Life. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, as, despite their, 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 their kind of, you know, very small stature, you see a couple of them at the very beginning. I think, I thought they were intimidating. Um, and also the uh, the AI machines, they say to you, they're scared of them because the Zerks eat both skin and metal. Yes. Yep. Yeah. They um, So they can move very fast. They can swarm you very quickly in huge numbers. And they're also, as far as I, I feel like they're appropriately scary for a cute cat game. Yes. Like you didn't need like the necromorphs like of of, uh, of Dead Space. Like, no, but like they get kind of similar where they, I remember there, we'll get to it, but there are portions where like eggs hatch of these, of these creatures yes. and they, they swarm you. Well, and they, they can also alter the atmosphere, like the flood or like from the alien movies, yes. like they kind of create these nests throughout and um best of all i mean i i'm not sure at what exact point this happens but b12 recalls the origins of the zerks where they began as this sort of um bacteria designed by humans to consume uh excess trash uh as you say both organic and inorganic matter and this is why the robots fear them um b12 eventually remembers that all the humans in the city um, at least in this city, died of a plague. Um, so my assumption at this point was that, oh, this was this was sort of a failed, maybe sanitary countermeasure where they were trying to get rid of all their trash. And apparently it was inspired by the developer's bed bug infestation. Wow. <laughs> Which I've never had bed bugs, but I, no, I guess I, I could never see have. That. Thank I, God. <laughs> I mean, I, how I interpreted this was for some reason the outside world and the surface is uninhabitable yeah and so humans had to live in an underground city but are they like sheltering from something but the thing outside got in that's what i thought this was yeah it could if you interpret it this way when you start the game you fall into the city i'm assuming you you lived on the surface and fell in right right, perhaps an, an analogy to how these bacteria got in well i thought that the bacteria were made in the city oh as a, I, as a p- plan to get rid of the trash oh okay and the plague was was a you know like like COVID or something okay, you know it. like yeah so um i don't think i've seen this specific type of threat as like a main threat before 
Um, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to make a comparison. It's kind of a more believable versions of the robots eating people in Horizon. Yes, even is. though we got some shit on that on YouTube recently. Yeah, we did. Uh, I I'm sorry if we we mis misinterpreted that, but in terms of seeing like the visual consequences, you see the the robot characters are scared and rightly so of this threat. I thought it was a very more um, it was a presence. I yep. guess I'll say right. Well, I also think the the threat of they're called Zerks. Yeah. I think the threat of the Zerks is a little bit more believable because you are so little. Yeah. And when they jump at you and they get on you. They can you, swarm you. You're like, ah. You can off. see how like a robot would like, they wouldn't be able to shake them off. They're very slow moving. Yes. It makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So um, your path eventually leads you to the Outsiders, uh, which are a small faction of robots committed to escaping the city. Um, so because the Zerks are vulnerable to UV light, um, the character uh, Doc, who you meet, gives you a UV lamp, which allows you to cross through the Zerk territory. So critics were defi uh, divided on this aspect of the game. I wanted to ask you, what did you think of the combat? It was unexpected. Like mm -hmm. most of this game, I didn't think you would get a combat mechanic. Right. I actually welcome this. Yeah. Because I think there's so little to do in Stray you know, outside of fetch quests and running and jumping that is that is done for you. Yeah. I like how there are some combat sections of you. And also, you're. they say this to you in the game, like, because you are so little, you can go into these places that we cannot. Right. And, and so you're faster than us, et cetera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, so, I mean, I, I guess, like, it wasn't my favorite part of the game, but I didn't mind that it was, like, clunky well this is the part where i i think i messaged you uh what if i told you that stray was actually a horror game yeah because you, you get into these very tense scrapes and um i mean it's it's appropriate that it's just like a, it's basically a flashlight yes and it's it's a temporary solution um it has limited battery life before you need to recharge it and it breaks like within like what 30 minutes of using it if yep. that so i didn't mind this at all um no and what i also found very intriguing about you know sort of how this plot developed you start as just you know this cat in a sewer you don't know what's going on you run into this ai who would like your help doing something you then you 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 sort of discover there's a city of these AI. Some of them are, are believe they can still reach the surface and get out, mm -hmm. and they need your help because they can't do it alone. Right? They, they they you know they recruit the help of this tiny thing, which is you. Yeah, it's it's a very um, I don't know. It's 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 a way we've never seen it before, but it's kind of your classic like oh the, the stranger the outsider is coming to help us, you right. know, and it's mm -hmm. just a cat. It, um, and they describe you as like furry and soft. Really yeah, weird. you yeah. can you can uh, rub up against their legs and their faces turn to hearts. It's yeah. very sweet. Um, so once you get through this area, you get up to uh, Midtown, which is sort of the middle class area of the city. There are fewer quests here, but I didn't mind it since the game is kind of winding down at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and you, something else that was interesting, you also get the impression here that the robots here are like almost on the whole less happy than the ones in the slums. Did yeah. you get that impression? Because there's no... There are no Zerks here, but the robots are constantly being uh, monitored by the the Sentinel robots, which are kind of like the security or police force, I guess. And it seems like very dystopian, very, very oppressive. Um, you're looking for one of the outsiders named Clementine. She's in hiding here. Um, and you help her out. Um, she explains that the only way out of the city is via the subway. Um, so to use it, you need to steal uh, an atomic battery from the Sentinel's factory. So critics were also divided about this uh, stealth section. Did you enjoy it or did you find it frustrating? I liked it. I um, I think with Stray, I, I liked how they slowly gave you other aspects of the gameplay to get into, but it wasn't, none of it is too taxing. No, and it's, it didn't feel off message to no, me. No, it didn't at all. I think there is a little bit of platforming, mm -hmm. a little bit of combat. There's a little bit of stealth gameplay, and I, I welcome that. Yeah, I uh, I liked it. It reminded me a little bit of like the turret sections in Portal, Yeah, where it's like, it's not quite combat. It's not quite, you know, like it's... It's just it's it's in line with like the main philosophy of the game where you have to think your way around enemies rather than sure. confronting them directly. And it's also like it's very reminiscent of um what you have to do here is very much the classic like spotlight patterns from MGS1 where you have yep. to kind of memorize the guard patterns and stuff like that. 
resonated with me. Um, so Clementine B12 and the Stray are sold out to the Sentinels here by uh, her associate. His name is Blazer. This other guy that, that's kind of helping you out at first. Uh, he's just doing it for money. It's your classic like middle class betrayal. Uh, and you have to wind up, you have to break out of jail here. Uh, you have to break out of, uh, out of super jail and uh, Clementine stays behind to allow the others a chance to escape. So um, the Stray and B12 arrive at the city's control room after taking the Resident Evil subway. I was about, I'm glad you made that reference. <laughs> you essentially have to take the Resident Evil train. It, all, and, it uh, always ends with the Resident Evil train car. All those guys. Uh, and I, what I liked about this area a lot is that the control room is perfectly pristine. Um, it's inhabited by no one. Uh, it's the ultimate punchline of the class allegory to me where no matter how well isolated the wealthy or the upper class made themselves, it still didn't save them. And all they have left behind is a really nice clean room. That's well, also it. there are cleaning robots with no personalities. With no personalities at all. Yeah. They're just, just there to serve the, uh, the invisible non-existent, uh, humans. Yes. Um, so over the course of the game, you collect, uh, memories from B12, uh, which culminates here in the revelation that, he was once a dying human scientist um, who digitally preserved his consciousness in an attempt to escape the city in hopes that this would eventually happen here. Did you see this coming at all? I was like, I was pretty surprised. No, I, I didn't see it coming at all. I, I just thought B B12 would be one of the um, one of the outsiders who believed in a, in the surface, who be yeah. who believed in like he's almost like the outsiders. I would compare to be almost like a, a rebel force, right? where they know there's a way out and they feel like they're being oppressed. Yeah. And with B12, I didn't, I, what I thought was going to happen was after B12 said, Oh, you know, I, I, I was one of the scientists. I almost thought they were going to get too cute and say you were my cat, but no, that didn't happen. No, no, he, yeah. he lived hundreds of years beforehand. Yes. And so because you find B12 in that apartment and he says, I lived with a person or something. Yeah. You see the awards and everything on the wall. And it turns out that he was, he fact, was the scientist. Like he tells you he lived with a scientist, but no, he was him. Right. 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 So, um, and a tragic turn of events here where B12 needs to sacrifice what's left of his life to reboot the city, which winds up shutting down all the sentinels um, and opening up the ceiling to sunlight, which fries all the Zerks. Yep. Um, and I think it works really well to cap off the experience here. And the part, I, the part that really got me in the feels was where the stray curls up next to like the deceased uh, robot yes. and like pause at him. I was like, ah, dude, that got me too. And you know, B12 uses the last of his energy to essentially open the roof and to allow you to escape and he dies. Mm -hmm. You go up and nudge him and like sit with him and before I was, you I, I was I was moved. It was unexpected. Was like, yeah, me too. Very unexpected. So, um You got to pour one out for your guy. Pour one out for B12, but I mean, so effectively the end of this game is that the kitty goes back outside and uh I I wasn't sure if they were implying maybe there's a small little burst of light is it implying maybe that B12 at least partially lives on in the city did you see that like the little, little No I didn't notice this it's, it's like in the corner of the screen and I was I was like isn't that like a slightly better version of of uh, uh BT yes. from uh, from Titanfall 2 where it's uh a potential death fake out a potential resurrection but it's very tasteful yeah um so, uh, so what do you think? Would you recommend Stray? So great question. I, I think I'm going to use one of your words where I would recommend Stray as a curiosity because it exists on its own and that's all there is. Yeah. Um, I would recommend Stray because it is not a cute cat game at all. No. Right. It, there is actually a much larger story put in place that is very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Not only did I find every plot point unexpected, the gameplay is more engaging than you would think. Yes. And it does not... What I really like about Stray is this game really towed the line between it doesn't give you too much tedious gameplay to go through, and it's not, it's not too short either, no. right? You get just enough gameplay, and the story starts to make sense around you yeah. for this to I be wasn't worth playing. I was never like, oh my God, when is this going to end? No, you not know? at all. So I would recommend it for sure. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I get a little wary whenever I see like overwhelming public fervor for a game like this or like even like a Netflix show or something like, oh, my, everybody loves it. I'm probably not going to like it. Yeah, you I know? mean, I, that's us being jaded, right? I and think so. But I mean, I think that for me, this definitely lived up to the hype. 
Um, I would recommend this, even though it's not a cute cat game, I would recommend it to cat people. I think you yeah. would get everything you, you would possibly want. A lot of folks on PC are uh, modding in their own cat. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, and as well, if, if you're a fan of uh, an indie game or environmental storytelling, um, I think you, that you get a lot from this. Um, I think it's a very unique concept. I think they executed it well. And uh, like all great cats, it lands on its feet at the end. Yeah. So uh, I am going to give this one a B plus. Wow. Uh, how do you feel? That's that's a great question. I This is a hard game to grade. I think I am going to go B minus okay. on Stray because what I was most uh, happy with in Stray was how much thought was put into these AI machines and the communities they live in. Yeah. It also, but however, Stray is not as surprising to me because I've played Nier Automata. I've sure. played the Mike yeah, Biffle yeah, yeah. stuff. Like I've already seen this before. Sure. But the questing is a lot of fetch questing. The best way to, I think, to for me to be succinct here this game is charming enough mm -hmm. and there's enough gameplay for me to recommend it. And I think the scarier moments are what makes me give it a higher grade. Yeah. And you know what else I was thinking about? I've seen this type of game a lot in like two dimensions, like a side scroller. Yes. I don't think I've seen something quite like it in, in three dimensions. No, before. I haven't either. Unique. Well, then do what's funny. I mean, there was a game called Biomutant that came out where you play as a cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it wasn't very good, apparently, which is oh, unfortunate. Okay. I really want to play it. I was going to say, I, didn't you guys were you were going to do an episode or something? We thought about it. Uh -huh. All right. Well, I won't I won't rub salt in that wound. But yeah. yeah. Yes. Play Stray. And um, let's move on to Donut County, shall we? <laughs> Greg, Greg's notes are on the floor. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a couple. So this game, I think uh, I'm going to have an interesting pin to put on this one. So this is a, a indie puzzle game uh, developed by Ben Esposito, who also did uh, The Unfinished Swan, that game. Mm -hmm. And so this game was on my radar for a while because it got a lot of it got a lot of, um, I kept seeing it on the, the Game Pass, recommended on yep. Game Pass, on Steam. Um, uh, so this was also published by Annapurna. As I mentioned, this came out in 2018. And what I think is one of the most remarkable aspects of this game was how it was created. I didn't even know this was exist. It's called a Game Jam. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is apparently, so it's like an event or, or festival of some kind where some of the um, participants try to make a game from scratch within a short span of time. Yep. And this particular game jam apparently utilized prompts from a parody uh, account of Peter Molyneux, the developer of Fable. So I want to ask you right off the bat, so what is the verdict on Peter Molyneux now that the, the dust has settled on this guy? I mean, I used to make fun of him all the time. Yeah. Right? I... I have we not talked about Peter Molyneux on the show yet? I don't think so. No, he's kind of like a guy you would make fun of ten years ago. Well, so he was basically the big. So I didn't get it. I didn't play any of the fables. I watched my roommate play some of. They suck. Two and three. Um, I remember. I think people liked the first one at least. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one is pretty good for what it is. The second one, it just kind of goes downhill. Where Peter Molyneux was very famous for saying how many cool and unique and in-depth features are going to be in his games and when it comes out there's nothing in it is he a little bit of like a Todd Howard figure maybe where he's overselling like what's gonna well the thing about it is Todd Howard has actually made a couple of good he games he has delivered uh, yeah, he, Todd uh, Howard has more. delivered more than once or, <laughs> yes or Peter Molyneux delivered kind of on the first only one only once kind of so I think the idea was that this account was like making fun like they were coming up with absurd ideas that he would promise right yeah so this one was um i believe like uh you play as a hole a hole in the ground right and i thought the whole time i thought that i was i was being so clever pairing this with stray because i thought you play as a raccoon so the raccoon is this is the star of the show but you actually play through him controlling like an app you, on his phone yep and you play as a hole in the ground right so let me kind of set this up here there's not a lot to say but the protagonist is a raccoon named bk and he works at the donut shop in donut county uh bk is using an app to deliver donuts to the citizens of donut county so he can earn a drone that he really wants but it turns out that the donuts he is delivering are actually holes that are opening up sinkholes 
beneath the citizens' houses and major landmarks uh, based on Bruce Springsteen songs. Um, so, uh, uh, with all respect to the boss, uh, I, I didn't, nice. I didn't recognize any of them. Um, the framing story here, uh, presents itself as the citizens of Donut County. They're all animals, very animal crossing kind of yep. set up, uh, gathering around a campfire, uh, several feet below Donut County, uh, arguing amongst themselves and trying to come up with a plan on how to get out. So, uh, in terms of the gameplay loop, how would you say that the gameplay compares to, I guess, its closest relative, which would be Katamari Damacy? Right. Um, well, this is really just like a physics-based cute game, right? Where I don't know what this game. I think I said to you after I finished this, this is a nothing game. To yeah. Me, right. Well, it's hard to evaluate, but in terms of uh, there are fans of it, as you as you mentioned to me off mic. So I wanted to say a little bit about it. It's hard to it's hard to uh, maybe compare. Well, it, but, let me say um, it this way: like as the game develops, it you do have to do some clever stuff to get bigger objects to fit in the hole. Yeah. So. A real, I guess the way to break down this game is, you know, the citizens of the town are 999 feet below the town yeah. because the raccoon, the, the raccoon who's like the mastermind of all of this is, is considering all the people in their houses to be trash. And right. he's trying to collect the trash, the quote unquote trash. Right. And so how the gameplay works out is you start off, you, you play as a tiny hole mm -hmm. and you start. It, as you as you put the hole underneath an object, it will fall into the hole. Yeah. And the more objects you sort of slurp up like Kirby, the hole gets bigger and bigger. Right. So you got to find ways to like get houses into the hole and trees. Yeah. And so there is something going on. There's some level of decision making. A little bit. So um, I think, I mean, this is obviously this was made in a very short amount of time. And I, 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 I'm not going to backseat develop here. I think so the main disadvantage compared to Katamari is that you don't get to see all the objects all the time. Yeah. Like absorb, like, so for Katamari Damacy, if you're unaware, it's this weird little guy who collects a bunch of objects and he rolls them all up into a ball and you can always see them as you're rolling the ball around. Right. So it's kind of funny, like, Oh, look at that dog. I picked up like, <laughs> like a right. couple of minutes ago or whatever. And you kind of gradually gain more mass. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, it never really reaches like the level of a genuine challenge uh the levels gradually get a little bit more complex where you add like water that needs to be drained um and uh there's a catapult function at one point that launches the last absorbed object up and it's kind of it adds a little bit to it i think the most the thing i it actually stumped me for a second was the soup one do you remember this yeah yeah, you yeah, to, yeah like yeah. season the soup and then like not let the cockroaches get in it yeah it it's that's that kind of it's that kind of game but um how did you feel about the art style and the overall tone of the game so i think um one of the most surprising parts of the game is like it, it actually kind of has an evil plot line. Yeah. But it, it's very cute. Yeah. But like there's like a master rack. What is the, the master raccoon called? The king raccoon or something? Uh, what is it called? The trash king. TK, the trash He's king. He's the trash king. Yeah. And what I think is is really great is there's an unexpected boss battle too. Yeah. So there's a little bit more going on than you would think. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it is written well enough where it is not. I'm hesitating to say that the game is well written. But I think it's charming. It could have written. been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse <laughs> for how silly this is. It's it's so I did. I mean, whereas a game like this kind of rests on the shoulders of a lot of its jokes, I did laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, especially when reading the descriptions of the items in your uh, Trashopedia. That's funny. Um, I have a couple examples if you'll indulge me. So, for example, you absorb a tire. And it describes it as gloves for your car. I love that. Um, there is a uh, a snake that you can devour, and it calls it a live spaghetti. <laughs> um, uh, a city building. Uh, it says some apartments don't allow pets, but you can keep bats if you act upset about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, strawberry. Uh, who will invent the next strawberry? The world may never know. Huh. Um, and uh, last but not least, uh, wood platform. Uh, the description is why is this in the trashopedia? Who cares? Wow. <laughs> I so it's like it's I, I mean, but there is there is a description for every piece of trash that you absorb in this game, and I will and 
uh, you know, some of them are more effortful than others, but it's, it, God damn it, there's there's a description for all of it. I mean, they put in the effort. It is complete. <laughs> yes, it is complete. Um, I feel like on some level, it's like the joking tone kind of hamstrings how invested you are in like undoing, you know, the citizen's plight or, or the responsibility you feel in undoing what BK has done in the back half. Cause the first half is essentially causing the havoc. Yeah. And then the second half is, is writing it, I guess. Right. So, um, the big reveal is obviously that the whole making app was designed to, uh, collect trash for the trash King. And, uh, the last board involves a final boss with his drone because it's, it's like he always, uh, BK always wanted a drone and then you have to you wind up having to destroy one and it's like you get a little I mean this game is literally what like an hour long yeah, it's like an hour it's very short um it's uh it's it's unique I I mean it's it's like I it's, don't know anything like it it's sort of like Katamari um but not really yeah um it's it's got its own little story maybe if you find the characters endearing um so I here's a okay so would you recommend Donut County to anybody you know what's I think I said this in the chat. I have a hard time like like shitting on this or making fun of it because it's impressive it, that he did it's it in such a short amount of time. Right. It's impressive that this person made this and I'm not going to make fun of a project like that. I mean, my recommendation is is no, right? I mean, I don't think there's any reason to play it, it unless you are very into this like undercurrent indie thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um I I think it's it's weird because so if I had to like gun to my head, give it a grade, it would be like a C plus. I said C, right? Like it's like, it's, it's very, it's very, so I, I guess a good comparison would be where stray had more to it than I was expecting. And this had less, this had less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not, it's not like it's bad. It's just like, I was ex- it, by its reputation. I was expecting maybe something a little more substantial. Yeah. Yeah. Memorable. That's a good way to put it. We're like, perhaps if, if I had spoiled it for myself or read everything about it, I would have known what I was getting into. Right. Right. But like going into this blind and it's sort of like an hour long cute thing. It's hard for me to grade. I would almost have us go gradeless here. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, we, we, we needed to, uh, we need to get our indies in. Um, it's rather, it's this or another horizon. So I'm glad, <laughs> uh, I'm glad we went with this. Um, so I have a, I have a last question for, do you have any other final thoughts or on Donut County? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I, I did not know this game existed, oh, okay. and, but it was so popular and Perhaps I just need to keep an ear to the ground about this game jam sort of stuff because I know what game jams are. It's an interesting prompt. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, so I have a last question for you. Are you ready? Um, I am inviting you, since there was less to talk about than than we expected, I am inviting you. What do you think of the the uh the regional uh chain top donut <laughs> so i never thought top donut would get a shout out on goddamn game we gotta do it we gotta do it i think you know top donut um it's a it's a so in, in new england it is a a family-owned uh was it trio of donut restaurants three, three restaurants <laughs> <laughs> so that that riley introduced me to maybe 10 years ago what Eight. you you didn't know about this before I well i mean i lived in the area but i'd never been to one. Oh, okay so i mean listen the classic maple's great i'm well, a, I'm a big butter crunch guy well let me let me let me kind of get the grease the wheels here sure grease Top the donut. donut i i started going to in college and um we don't really do bits on the show so this is unique i just want to share my passion here yeah like like i i get the impression that so apparently um the i'm not gonna uh say too many negative things about the owner because he, apparently he's he's ill and he's trying to um get someone to uh, to carry the torch um he, he's he's one of those guys where he's got fox news on all the time right he's okay. one of those dudes and he doesn't allow uh, uh tips for for his uh his employees i didn't know that uh it, which is something that i brought people to it and i felt a little embarrassed because they were like wow they don't allow tips here that's pretty fucking low wow and i was just like listen you gotta you gotta like put your blinders on just for a second and just because they do everything right yeah and in terms of I believe so the coffee is excellent. You don't really drink coffee, but the coffee is excellent. The sandwiches are excellent. The donuts are excellent. They do everything so well. And it's there's three of them. And I believe there are unique 
uh, it's like Pokemon, red and blue. Like there's unique flavors. <laughs> there's unique ask. There's unique to flavors to every restaurant, and it's 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 awesome. It gives you reason to, to visit all three of them, and uh, and I, I can't recommend it enough. If uh, if you're in the area, check out Top Donut online. Uh, <laughs> every time I come here, or most most times I come here, I've got a Top Donut cut cup with me. What would you What would you grade Top Donut? Top Donut. That's a tough one. Ah. Oh. I would have to give it like an A minus, right? I think Top Donut is probably A minus. You gotta you gotta ding them for for the uh, the, the Fox News and the tipping, uh, and uh, it seems like maybe a little bit of a hostile work atmosphere. But God damn it, that guy gets results, man. Like, he does. It's like because I mean I've I've seen reviews online that compare it to like L A donut places. If that's oh, okay. any any perspective, but in terms of compared to other stuff around here, there's. Oh, it's awesome! It's 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 terrific. Yeah, it's lovely. Very fluffy, all great stuff. But um, I I, I think uh, it's probably a better experience than the donut shop in Donut County. Which so is before we wrap, one. what's your preferred donut of choice? Is it coconut cream? Well, they do it really good there. Um, I'm a big proponent of I don't know if this is disgusting, but I do like a vanilla cream donut. Uh, if it's done well, I think they do it well. Huh? I don't think it's like if they do it where it's not too sweet. I like it a lot. I'm going to throw this at you. One of my favorite donuts is the Bismarck, which would be jelly and vanilla cream together. Oh, geez. Yeah, there you oh, go. Wow. I, so I'm a, I'm a little bit of, uh, I, I have a little bit of a phobia of fruit with my desserts. Oh, it's a little bit of an obstacle for me. I like at warm apple pie. Okay. But uh, in terms of, I, I, I may, may have to give that a shot because I'm trying to broaden my horizons here. I like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think this is the only bit we've had on the show ever. I, we try not to derail too much, but I think you might find it entertaining. Yeah. As, as a, as a, uh, as a uh, curiosity. You have you uh, anything else about this double feature of games? Or are we going to wrap? Yes. Um, so these were both published by Annapurna, which was, which is interesting. Um, they both feature cute animals. I, I, I like playing these games a lot because I feel like, I don't know, if, if we're getting into one of these PS4 games that's like 50 hours long, it's like a second job for me. Yes, and me it's too. like, it's really like these, I love being able to crush these little, these tiny little games which have a ton of personality but um, it's 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 just like a little getaway. It's like yeah, going go to the movies for a night. You, you know, like, I haven't. I don't know if I've used this term on the show before, but I've started saying it. So I rarely get to do this, but when I get to do it, I love it. I love playing a game from title card to credits in one sitting. Yeah, a couple of these I did that. Yeah, and I I rarely get to do that, but I I enjoy when I can bite off a two or three hour slice and it's done. It's testament to. Did you do that with Stray? Yeah, I, I oh yeah, I should mention that I beat Stray in one sitting. So that's I mean that's I mean it's it's less of a a uh, positive for Donut County, but I mean I think it's testament to a game where it can engross you for a full sitting for three or four hours, know? and and I played the whole thing. That's pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, I, I hope we can uh, cover some more indie titles in the future. Yeah, I think that's gonna do it for uh, Goddamn GameCube, and thank you guys for listening to our double feature and. Uh, Go check out Top Donut. We love it. And we'll uh, <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.